Welcome back to On the Silk Road with Selkar, an educational podcast for Central Asian enthusiasts, linguophiles, and all of those who have a thirst for knowledge and a curiosity about other cultures. I'm your host, Amber Kent, linguist and novice Central Asian language learner. This podcast is brought to you by the Center for Languages of the Central Asian Region at Indiana University. Every week, we explore the different parts of Central Asia including learning about the people, their culture, and of course, the languages of those countries. If you like today's episode, I encourage you to go back and check out our other episodes and invite you to subscribe to our channel so that you can follow along with us as we journey through this exquisitely colorful area of the world so rich in history and ancient cultures. Our guest today is Malik Hojaev, known around Selkar as Malikaka. Malikaka is a senior lecturer of the Uzbek language in the Department of Central Eurasian Studies here at Indiana University. Kush Kalibsiz Malikaka. Rahmat. How was my my pronunciation? Was that all right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll work on that later. So first, Malikaka, how long have you been teaching? Yeah, I came to uh, Bloomington and started teach Uzbek since 2002 September. 2002, so 17 years. 17 years. Awesome. And you have taught all levels, right? You've taught introductory, intermediate, advanced, and you even teach on a hybrid course, right? Yes. I've been teaching all four levels, introductory, intermediate, advanced, and ADLS, uh, Advanced Directed Language Study. Mm-hmm. for all of these years, and uh, I did a distance learning program of Uzbek since 2003. Uh, I taught Uzbek to uh, Michigan University, Michigan State University, and uh, uh, University of Iowa, um, and uh, University of Chicago. Yeah, and many of them, mm-hmm. you know, we mm-hmm. are offering starting introductory, mm-hmm. also intermediate and mainly advanced level. Mm-hmm. Universities who have uh, part-time teachers uh, have associated teachers who are teaching just one, two levels. Mm-hmm. They're always asking Indiana University students to teach advanced level Uzbek. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, great. So you have... A lot of experience, so you are the exact right person to be here today to help me learn a little bit of Uzbek, so I'm very excited. Okay. Um, so first, so a lot of our listeners might not even know where Central Asia is, so a lot of them might not have even heard of the Uzbek language or where it is spoken. Um, so can you tell us where is Uzbek spoken? Yeah, Uzbek spoken in Uzbekistan. Uzbekistan is a former Soviet Union country and uh, uh, became independent in 1991. And Uzbekistan is located in the heart of Central Asia and has about 33 million people and almost 80% of population of Uzbekistan speak Uzbek. Mm-hmm. 
Uzbek is the official state language of Uzbekistan. Uh, also, Uzbek is spoken in neighboring countries, mm -hmm. uh, former uh, Soviet Union, I mean socialist countries, like Turkmenistan, Tajikistan, Kyrgyzstan, and, uh, and Kazakhstan. Mm -hmm. uh, Uzbek is also spoken in uh, northern Afghanistan, where about three million uh, Uzbeks living there. And uh, generally, I could say about approximately about 35 million people are speaking Uzbek in Central Asia. Wow, 35 million. So I read that it was ac it's actually the second most widely spoken Turkic language only behind Turkish. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, yeah. If, if it's Turkey, I mean, the, uh, spoken maybe about 90 or hundred, I mean, the million people. Mm -hmm. So the Uzbek is the second, okay. I mean, which is also uh, belongs to the Turkic group of the languages. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to point out, just because I learned this um, this phrase today, Uzbekistan is doubly landlocked, which I guess there's only two countries in the world which are doubly landlocked. One is Uzbekistan, the other is Liechtenstein. And listeners, if you guys have never heard of this term, this is your new information for today. So that means not only is Uzbekistan landlocked, but it is bordered by all landlocked countries. Um, and so, like I, like I said, just two of them. Every other country in the world, even if it's landlocked, um, it's bordered by at least one country that is not landlocked. But Uzbekistan is bordered by all landlocked countries. I thought that was an inter interesting piece of trivia, so I wanted to throw that in there as well. All right, and so as you said, um, Uzbek is, a t it belongs to the Turkic language family. Um, so what language is it most similar to, if you had to compare it to another Turkic language? First, uh, I can say that Uyghur is most close mm -hmm. in, the, in the language, mm -hmm. so if uh, for example, uh, someone, uh, two people speaking, one Uzbek and second is uh, uh, Uyghur, they can understand each other maybe about, at least about 60%. Oh, wow. Yeah, and mm -hmm. uh, also the close languages to Uzbek, it is a Kyrgyz, mm -hmm. Kazakh, Turkmen, Azerbaijani. Mm -hmm. So, like, I know a lot of those languages, they share some similar features. Um, for example, I know they all follow vowel harmony. So is, is that something that Uzbek also uses? Uh, usually the standard Uzbek language uh, is not, I mean, the, it uses uh, uh, vowel harmony. The no vowel it doesn't harmony. use vowels. Yeah, yes. Wow. It's no vowel harmony in a standard Uzbek language. Mm -hmm. But however, uh, the dialects like a Khorezm dialects, which pretty close to Turkmen and Azerbaijani, mm -hmm. they sometimes, I mean, they appear vowel harmony. But uh, grammatically, Uzbek standard Uzbek language doesn't use uh, vowel harmony. That's interesting. So that is definitely some way that it that it differs from some of those other Turkic languages. What are some ways that th what are some features they share? Some ways that it's the same. I think uh, first of all, I could say the vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Some cases, um, and uh, definitely um, 
the Turkic group of languages, for example, uh, Turkic, uh, Turkish, uh, in the Turkmen and others, they use different uh, endings, mm-hmm. you know. But grammatically, the word order is the same. Okay. Okay. And I could say all this Turkic group of languages, including Uzbekistan, there is uh, some uh, long borrowed words from Arabic and Persian. For mm-hmm. example, Uzbek has uh, about 25-27% of long borrowed words from Persian and Arabic. Mm-hmm. And also about 4-5% of Russian. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah. So, uh, so if you've studied Persian or Arabic before studying Uzbek, you've got a leg up or Russian. <laughs> yeah, some students are already have taken uh, uh, Persian, for example, or uh-huh. Russian. Uh, they are studying Uzbek and they are finding a lot of right. I mean, the similar. I already I mean, know words. that word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mentioned the word order is the same um, with like Turkmen and Azerbaijani. So. What is it? SOV, the subject, object, verb? Yes, in all Tokyo group of the languages, including mm-hmm. Uzbek, the verb always comes at the end. At the end. Yes, mm-hmm. this is a characteristic. Mm-hmm. And then I know in Central Asia, it's the, the alphabet is kind of different depending on what language you're speaking. Some of the um, languages use the Cyrillic alphabet because of the Soviet influence. Some use the Arabic alphabet. What alphabet is Uzbek using now? Yeah, starting in 1995, uh, Uzbekistan decided to change alphabet from Cyrillic into Latin. Oh, Latin, and so just like with yeah, English. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is, but we are still in transition period. It takes, mm-hmm. you know, it taking uh, a little bit longer than mm-hmm. we expected on uh, on this and uzbek latin alphabet it is uh pretty easy to learn and all our characters are on computer keyboard mm-hmm. even font is not needed and uh, english uh, speakers who are learning uzbek and starting uh latin alphabet mm-hmm. they already in the f- end of the first week starting to write in uzbek Right, because they don't have to learn a new alphabet system because they just use the same one that they write English Yeah, in. there is a four or five different characters, right. but mainly mm-hmm. it is the same. Okay, that's awesome. All right. Well, I think that's enough about the serious business. I think we should just jump right in and you should teach me how to speak Uzbek. Do you think you can do that? Yes, definitely. Awesome. I'm excited. So... For example, my name is Mening Ismim. Mening Ismim. Mm-hmm. Mening Ismim Maligaka. Can you tell your name? Mening Ismim Amber. Okay. So, uh, nice to meet you. Uh, this will be, okay, Yakshimises. Yakshimises. Mm-hmm. Good. So, the answer will be ha yakshe rahmat. Ha rakshe rahmat. Mm-hmm. Good. So, men uh, Uzbekistan danman. So I am from Uzbekistan. Sis qayer dances. Men. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I was writing down. Uh. 
har rakshay rahmat. So uh, repeat the I'm from Uzbekistan. I heard yes, you say men, it. Men Uzbekistan danman. So men uh, America danman. Okay. Like that. Mm-hmm. Or would I could I put in um, like men Virginia danman? Yes. Okay. So yes. I can do either. Yeah, so done ending, it says the from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, got to write that down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so, but then if I wanted to ask you, where are you from? So I, if I were to say where I'm from, I say, men, America, danma. Uh-huh. Sis, kair dances. Sis, kair dances. Sis, kair, kair dances. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because whenever I do these podcasts and I'm like, I'm writing down how it sounds pronounced to me. And then sometimes the speaker will like look at my paper and see uh-huh. what I've written. They're like, that's not what you're saying. I'm like, it, it, does it sound like I'm saying it correctly? Mm. <laughs> it works for me. Mm. <laughs> so, okay. So, mening ism amber mm-hmm. or ismem amber. So then mm. if... So if I wanted to ask you what your name is, so sis ning ning isming is nama. Okay, so do I start with sis ning? Oh no, I don't say sis. No, sis ning. Oh, sis ning. Mm-hmm. Isming is nama. Is min isming is is nima. Nima is nima name. Nima, it is what? Oh. Mm. I thought maybe it was a cognate. But I, mm. I call that... Do they call those false cognates? Mm. I think, like, when you think it sounds like a name in, or a word in your language and they're not, I think those are called false cognates. Mm. So, sizning is... Mingi. Mingi's nima. nima. Mm-hmm. All right. And then, if, and hello is just salam, right? Yeah, salam. Salam. Simply informal salam. Is the formal, formal assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. I know that one. Okay. So, assalamu alaikum. Sizning is mengiz nima. Walaikum assalam. Mening ismim maligaka. Okay. Sizning is mengiz nima. Mening ismim amber. Aha, jude yakshe. Yakshem is mez. Yakshem is mez. Harakshe lamat. Siz kayer dances. Aha, men Uzbekistan danman. Nice. All right, and Rahmat, I know that one already. That was in the Harakshe Rahmat. Um, but that means thank you, right, Rahmat? Yes. Mm-hmm. I know that. And then, how do I say goodbye? Okay. Chayr. 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 I love that p- that sound in particular. I like when I'm speaking another language and I get to actually use a sound that isn't in English. Mm. And so I really like that. Is kind of is we don't have it, mm. right? It's a little bit further back. It, what kind of sound is that? Is that a yeah, it is a, yeah, it is a little comes to glottal. Yeah. You know, the, the yeah. <sighs> but you're kind of <sighs> like pushing that air through while you're almost making like a very light K sound. Like, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. All right. 
So I always ask people to teach me a phrase that either something that's a little bit funny or something that's um, kind of cultural, something that's kind of representative of, um, of Uzbek that's a little different than can you think of anything that yes uh you know uh, uzbek is uh agglutinative uh language mm -hmm. uh, and we've talked about agglutinative languages before where you mm -hmm. add on um, suffixes to indicate meaning mm -hmm. yes and uh, one good example might be simple word yakshimesis 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 so it's the equivalent will be how are you in English, it is a three different words, mm -hmm. but in Uzbek, it is just a one word. That's all one word, yakshimises. Mm. Yes. That mm. means, how are you? Yes. Mm -hmm. huh. So what's the, just out of curiosity, what's the root word? So uh, yakshi is the root. Mm -hmm. And me, me is a question particle, mm -hmm. me. Okay. And the sis, it is a, a personal a predicate ending. Okay. You, it means. So it's like it's the the m is indicating this is a question. Yes. And the sis is saying you. So then the yaksha is kind of like doing our doing. Yes. So it's like you Good. doing question mark. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's awesome. All right. Well, let's go one time through, and then we'll move on to where people can study Uzbek. Does that sound good? Good. All right, so we'll start. So, assalamu alaikum. Oh, wa alaikum assalam. Menin ismem amber. Sizning is mengiz nima? Menin ismem maligaka. Yakshem is mez. Aha, yakshi rahmat. Men America dan me. Siz kair dan sez? Men Uzbekistan dan man. Harakshe rahmat. Aha, Rahmat says Gaham. Hayer. Hayer. Oh, I forgot to ask, how are you doing? So, Yakshay Messis. Aha, Yakshay Rahmat. So, Yakshay Rahmat just means like, I'm good, thanks. Yeah. Basically. I'm doing well. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, so, first of all, I want to, you know, thank you again for coming. But if, People wanted to learn more about Uzbek because we do just this teeny tiny little introductory to the, there's so much more that um, Malika could share with us. He's been teaching for 17 years now, but we can only do so much in our little short podcast. If someone wanted to learn more Uzbek, more about the language, more of how to actually speak it, where could they do that? Uh, definitely. I think the Indiana University SUS, mm -hmm. uh, it is a main place mm -hmm. in America, and the SUS is unique department mm -hmm. where, I mean, students can learn four levels of Uzbek. Mm -hmm. Also, students can learn Uzbek online. Mm -hmm. uh, now I'm teaching two courses, which is a hybrid courses mm -hmm. also. And uh, uh, as I know, some other universities is also offering uh, the Uzbek language. Mm -hmm. Some of them just a one level. Uh, uh, some of them are just two levels, mm -hmm. uh, like uh, Ohio State University, for mm -hmm. example, uh, uh, University of Washington. I mean, uh, and uh, uh, as I know, Harvard 
sometimes offering that Uzbek mm-hmm. Columbia University is offering. Mm-hmm. I mean the Uzbek. No, there's a countable. I can't say many of them. Mm-hmm. Even many of them do not have a, a full-time instructor. Right. I was going to say some of the because I try to look up beforehand too, and some of them they don't offer them necessarily every semester. They just offer like if they happen to have an FLTA um, who can teach them. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Some years, some universities mm-hmm. having uh, FLTAs, for example. Mm-hmm. Every year, I think four or five people are uh, coming to mm-hmm. US as FLTA, mm-hmm. and they all uh, can teach one level, for mm-hmm. example, mainly introductory right. level. Mm-hmm. And uh, definitely, uh, 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 students can learn. Uh, the Uzbek in the summer this year we offer it advanced level mm-hmm. uh, I use summer language I, workshop I use summer mm-hmm. language workshop uh, advanced level do mm. you know if Michigan State is still teaching I had read that they had a program as well have you heard yeah I think uh, in the past mm-hmm. I have been teaching in distance Mm-hmm. to Michigan State and Michigan University, okay. too. Okay. So when I read that they were teaching, you were probably the one I was reading about. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, these, uh, I know one uh, 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 Uzbek uh, the teacher who was mm-hmm. American uh-huh. and uh, taught the first level. Mm-hmm. And I have been teaching second and third level mm-hmm. to Michigan State and Michigan University. Mm-hmm. And I think Arizona State, used to teach it as well because I know that they used actually the materials we developed here at Cellcar, which I know you helped with those materials as well. Um, I'm not sure <laughs> if they're still teaching or not, but I know in the past Arizona, uh, every year Arizona is offering summer. Oh, uh, summer. Intensive. Okay. Intensive. All right. One level or two levels. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, University of uh, Madison, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. also offering in the summer one okay. or two two levels. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, that sounds like um, at, at the introductory level, at least there seems to be several different options. Um, and then if people want more advanced le- levels, um, the IU currently is kind of the place to go to. Working with you, of course. <laughs> yeah, we're also now planning to teach uh, the Uzbek language in the summer uh, in Uzbekistan. Really? Yes. Uh, We did uh, summer courses in Samarkand, Uzbekistan in 2003, in 2004. Right. We sent uh, about six, seven uh, uh, advanced uh, for advanced level Uzbek language mm-hmm. and it was very uh, successful courses mm-hmm. uh, in 2003 2000 but due to the political reasons starting mm-hmm. 2005 we could not uh, continue this program mm-hmm. but now Uzbekistan since uh, two three years uh, um, more open and now it is a no problem to travel and to do to take uh, the Uzbek language courses in Uzbekistan. Now we're planning to reestablish these courses. For oh. example, uh, we're planning in summer 2020 uh, to organize uh, introductory Uzbek language course intensive in, in Samarkand, but 
there will be a little bit different, I mean, the uh, 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 form of teaching. Uh, students will take uh, first four weeks mm -hmm. from their home in the United States or whatever, in Europe or mm -hmm. whatever, online. And other second part of the course, four weeks, will be in Samarkand, Uzbekistan. And students will stay in the host families. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, uh, they will take uh, the four-week course. And, uh, um, uh, you know, in, in, in Samarkand, uh, we are working now with Institute of Foreign Languages in Samarkand on developing this program. And we're also now preparing materials for applying for grant. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, uh, so um, this is uh, will be something new, you know, mm -hmm. because it is a time now advertise and do not only introductory, mm -hmm. also intermediate and uh, advanced levels mm -hmm. of the Uzbek language courses. Uh, in, in Uzbekistan. Mm -hmm. How great is that? So they could do f the four weeks wherever they live in the world mm. to kind of get the basics down mm. and then they go spend four weeks in the country which as we know as language educators that's how you really really learn is when like you're immersed in um, an area where everybody is there natively speaking the language. What a wonderful opportunity. There will so be opportunity not mm -hmm. only learn the, the language, also culture. The culture, yeah. yeah. The country, mm -hmm. country people, mm -hmm. you know, because living in the host family mm -hmm. and uh, being in the country, uh, also we're planning also students will be traveling in different places mm -hmm. during the course, uh, dif different places of Uzbekistan. There will be uh, how to say great uh, opportunity to uh, learn language very well. Right, that's awesome. Well, I hope that all works out and that goes through because I think that that sounds like an amazing program, and I know it's something we used to do in the past. So I know it's something that we did and we did well. So I'm really glad to hear that it sounds like that might be coming back in the near future. Guys, keep listening to our podcast i will let you know for sure when it is open and let you know how to apply because that i i want to go i want to go to <laughs> uzbekistan so um but sadly that brings us to the end of another episode of on the silk road with Selkar. we're so happy you joined us we hope you've learned something new please join us next week as we journey to yet another stop along the silk road to learn about another Central Asian people and the languages they speak. On the Silk Road was on, let me try that again. On the Silk Road with Selkar is brought to you by the Center for Languages of the Central Asian Region, which is funded by the Hamilton Luger School of Global and International Studies at Indiana University and the U.S. Department of Education through a Title VI grant for language resource centers. Until next time, my name is Amber Kent. Rahmat Hayek.